Oh my goodness. I want to enroll in orbit. How about you? I have a feeling that uh, you were already talented before you got there. But tell me your experience. How? Excuse me, I'm going to talk to them for a minute. The best part of your experience in orbit has been. It's interesting she went there and you didn't hear it, but one of the things she said was being with people that are as passionate as you are and, and, it, and you use the word family. Would you use the same word? I didn't coach them to do that, I promise. <laughs> but Susan, I really didn't, I promise. Uh, but that's kind of where we're going today. <clears throat> if you've been here for years and years and years, or if today's your first day, we're glad you're here. We are a family. And everybody needs a place to belong. A place like those comfortable jeans that, well, they, they just feel good and they just fit just right. A place like that chair that, well, maybe should get thrown out, but it's just so comfortable and you've got it exactly the way you want it to be. You just don't dare get rid of that. Remember Fraser's father, the chair that just didn't match the house? It just was so comfortable. That's the way we're made, not to be isolated, not to be alone, but well, to be family, to be together, experiencing our life and experiencing our spiritual life with, with a group, with others. Vance Packard says that America is a nation of strangers. The studies show that four out of ten experience, people experience feelings of intense loneliness. And it shouldn't be that way. Especially if there's a church nearby. Perhaps you remember the first mention of in the Bible of something that wasn't good. After all of creation, and God says this was good and that was good and this was good and everything was good, the first thing that is recorded that isn't good is in Genesis 2.18. It's not good for man to be alone. So I'll make a helper who's just right for him. It wasn't good for Adam and it's not good for us. So we're glad you're here. You are not alone. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your divine call to each one. Some have walked in this room hundreds or thousands of times and others, today is the first. And everywhere in between. Father, help us to find a loving group. Help us to find you. Help us to find examples of how to get to you. And help us to learn that there's a place for us. In your family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Every week a sweet little lady went to the post office. And every week she would wait in line to buy two stamps. One day, as she got to the counter, the postal worker told her, you know, you don't have to wait in line for these two stamps every week. There's a machine right there, and you can, it'll handle everything you need. And the lady responded, yeah, but the machine doesn't ask me about my arthritis. The machine doesn't say hello. And I understand that. People long to be connected. 
to be accepted to belong. The Bible uses a lot of metaphors to describe the church, but the most persistent is the word that you use, family. The family of God. In the New Testament church, believers called each other brothers and sisters. Maybe you've never felt like you belong somewhere. Maybe you've never known the blessing of family, of being part of something as big as the family of God. We're glad you're here today. I want to tell you something Solomon, who was recorded as the wisest man who ever lived, wrote about the benefits of belonging. Ecclesiastes 4, beginning in verse 9, tell us this. Two people are better off than one. That's back to Genesis chapter 2, and it's not good to be alone. Two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? That's a verse I use at weddings, by the way. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and they can conquer. But three, three are even better. For a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Solomon tried. There are great benefits to belonging. There is strength in numbers. We all know what it's like to fall down, or more specifically, we probably all know what it's like to get knocked down, don't we? We all have difficulties. Life can knock you down. I read of an army chaplain who had a sign on his door that said this, If you have troubles, come in and tell me all about them. If you don't have troubles, come in and tell me how you do it. I'd like to know. The church should be family where no matter how we've been knocked down, we should be well. I meet often with people that used to go to church. I'm doing a funeral service this week with a family that used to go. They used to go when something happened. You know, I've come to believe that we should be welcome in church when we're not welcome anywhere else. Of all places to belong, the church should be the easiest and the best. But it isn't always that way. Maybe you've been hurt by the church. In a book by Dave Burchette called When Bad Christians Happen to Good People, I highly recommend the book. I found this story. His daughter was born in 1985 with an undeveloped brain. She couldn't open her eyes. She couldn't smile. She had an opening with exposed tissue at the back of her skull that had to be dressed regularly and covered and bandaged. The baby lived longer than expected. And so after a few months of living longer than anyone thought, they decided to go back to their church. They'd been out for a while. So they went back to church, came home, the next Sunday, as they were getting ready for church, the phone rang at her chat's house. And they were told Katie wasn't welcomed in the nursery. Something about her physical health and their uncomfortableness. A 
there are too many stories like that, unfortunately. If we're not careful, we can forget the last part of Ecclesiastes 4 and 12. The second part of verse 12 says this, Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. That's not telling Jeannie and I to go get a third wheel for our marriage, by the way. What it is telling us is that the third party is God. And sometimes we forget that. So when we gather, we celebrate the third chord, God Almighty. We belong here and we welcome you here because of what he has done for us and what he has taught us. I love this story from Mark, beginning at verse 13 of chapter 2. Jesus went out again by the sea, and all the multitude came to him, and he called. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office. And the crowd gathered for him to let this no-good tax collector have it. And Jesus said to him something that boggled their mind. Follow me. So he did. Levi arose and followed Jesus. As it happened, as he was dining, Jesus was dining in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples to get the picture. There were many and they followed him. When the scribes and the Pharisees, the real religious people of the day, saw him eating with tax collectors and sinners, they said to the disciples, how is it he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? Why is he hanging out with that? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. And the story is shocking more than we realize because of the culture of the day. Because this man is a tax collector, it's scandalous beyond comprehension. No self-respecting teacher of any kind would want a tax collector as a follower, as a disciple. You wouldn't want them in your <coughs> They were the worst of the worst that dragged the human society in Israel. It would have been a stain on your career if you had that as an associate. The way it worked was Rome offered tax franchises and they were sold to the highest bidder. And so Levi bought this franchise and he was making a fortune taking advantage of people. Now, his name is Levi, so obviously he's Jewish. Which means he sold out to the Romans for money. The Romans are idolaters, the Romans are hated by the Jews, they're Gentiles, they're unclean, and Levi's in bed with them, if you will. Nobody really cared for Levi. None of the Jewish people anymore, anyway. And those that he extorted money from, they didn't like him. And he really didn't belong except to a tough group of misfits. Why do I love the story so much? Well, you don't know him as Levi. You know him as Matthew. 
as in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. This is the beginning of Matthew's relationship with Jesus. How his name got changed from Levi to Matthew, I, I don't know. We don't have any record of that in Scripture. My guess is it was for redemption. Levi must have been shocked. And Matthew must have remembered this day for the rest of his life. That Jesus, God in the flesh of all creation, would say, you come with me, you belong where I belong. And so he followed him. Luke tells the story in chapter 5, verse 28. He says, so he left and he rose up and he followed him. Another translation puts it this way. He forsook everything. Now that's a big deal for Levi or Matthew, whatever you want to call him now. If he'd have been a fisherman, he could have followed him for a little while and then gone back to fishing. If he'd been a laborer, he could have left for a little while and followed Jesus and seen what it was about and then gone back if he wanted to. But he was a tax collector and he lost his franchise the day he walked out. There was no going back. This was something that you could not undo. There's no mulligans for Levi. In the day, tax collectors were barred from the synagogues and anybody who worked with them. They were unclean. They could not testify in court of law. They were lumped with murderers and robbers. Only they were thought to be worse because of their treason. But in that moment, Levi belonged and his life changed. And he never looked back. And it's Matthew. Well, we're still talking about him 2,000 years later. That's a pretty big deal. Now Matthew throws a party. Mark 2.15 tells us this. It happened as he was dining in Levi's house, as Jesus was dining in Levi's house. Many tax collectors and sinners sat together with Jesus and his disciples. For they were many, and they followed him. So every reject in Galilee is at Levi's house. And a revival is going on. With sinners and gamblers and money lenders and Sabbath violators and thieves and thugs and drunkards and prostitutes and all the drag to society. And that day, they learned something that we all want to know. Is there a place that I can belong? And there was. In verse 16, it says, When the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and sinners, they said to the disciples, How is it he does this? He eats and drinks with them. They couldn't believe it. Because eating at the time, it somewhat now symbolizes acceptance. You don't eat with people you don't lie. It symbolizes acceptance. And in verse 17, when he heard the complaining, he said, Jesus said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I didn't come to call the righteous of sinners to repentance. How simple is that? Jesus, our spiritual doctor, needs one thing, needs us to do one thing, to admit we're flawed and we need help. And that's the gateway to belonging. I could have used a lot of stories today. Zacchaeus, remember him? 
I could have used Thomas and his doubting, the woman at the well, and Saul who became Paul, Moses' story, or many others. My story, your story, because they're all the same. We all need to know that God loves us and accepts us. And that we can belong to Him no matter what we were like once upon a time. But God doesn't just call us to believe. He calls us to belong. To a group of believers. The entire Bible is the story of God building a family that will support and strengthen and serve one another up to love and good works for all eternity. And He created you to be part of it. I brought a really high-tech sermon illustration today. I grew up right across the street. And I went to elementary school right down the road at Hammond Elementary School. It's Mount Vernon Towers. And then I went to high school at Kroger, Saint Springs High School. It's Kroger now. I remember days in my formative years trying to belong. And you might have some flashbacks when you see this. Don't faint. You remember this instrument? Before? In 1960-something, 1970-something, your self-worth was formed holding... Am I lying? Your self-worth was formed holding one of these. A cafeteria tray. You'd get in line, you'd go across, you'd get the stuff, and then you'd walk out of the cafeteria and you'd look for somewhere to belong. Paul, didn't you? Well, those were the athletes I came over there. <laughs> and you had categories, didn't you? Most of the freaks, we can't go to the same freaks, I can't go over there. <laughs> and you didn't want to sit at a table by yourself. That's just too bad. And so you would find a table that would welcome you. And here you are today. And you are welcome. And this is a place where you can belong. No matter who you are, or what table you sat at then, God has room for you at this table. Let's pray together.